0: Opening statement started yesterday in the trial of El Chapo. The exact opening statement was, come on, who among us hasn't decapitated a few folks here and there? Uh, CNN is suing President Trump so that reporter Jim Acosta may be allowed to return to the White House. And while they're at it, Democrats are suing so that President Obama might be allowed to return to the Mm -hmm. White House. Mm -hmm. And finally, following last week's election, half of the 24 Republicans who wrote Trump's tax plan will no longer be in Congress. They'll now have a lot more time for golf, gardening, and bathing in the tears of poor people. The Trump Report starts now.
1: You're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin.
0: Oh, that's right. Fire and rain throughout the news uh, over the weekend. Welcome to the Trump Report. I'm Christian Blatt, joined by only the one and only scott moore yeah that's right it's boys it's boys night tonight yeah (laughs) sorry ladies take a back seat
1: uh not ladies night tonight not ladies
0: night tonight but uh uh we will of course uh, miss both uh chelsea and Mm -hmm. tamara who will be back with us next week uh so yes uh fire and rain uh a good place to start is uh president trump uh Angrily tweeting about the uh, California wildfires uh, being the fault of uh, poor land management, uh, despite, of course, the fact that it was all federal lands. Uh, Scott, um, even for him, uh, I let's put it this way: I know, I, I know people who are outwardly Trump supporters, and then you know, some are a little mm-hmm, bit more quiet about mm-hmm. it. But uh, even they were like, "Yeah, I don't." Sometimes I just don't know what gets into him, you right. know. And like that was just stupid, you mm-hmm. know. So uh, for Trump supporters to say that—that uh, that means, you know, for people who are not Trump supporters, it's so many levels beyond just plain old stupid, right?
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, first of all, I, I, it was a new low for him, and it was the—it was basically the line that that. If you thought I was over the edge already of being annoyed and angry with him, this one put it to a whole new level. Because uh, you just don't do that in, in the middle of, of absolute devastation right now. I think the, the latest death count is is 42 people yeah, and there's still I... more. And you have more than 7,000 structures and, and towns basically burned to the ground. And that's the time you choose to make any comments, even if you were 100% correct. And there was some forest management issue, which first of all, it wasn't even forest to begin with because a lot of it was grasslands and other areas that have nothing to do with force. So it was ill-informed to begin with. But even if it was 100% correct, you just do not go in the middle of a disaster and make a comment like that. It was beyond inappropriate. And you can see that you know it was beyond inappropriate because he's tried to make up for it now in his subsequent tweets. And yes. like, God bless firefighters and everybody. And, you know, we're we're there to help and we're with you all the way. Because th- he even realized at this point that it went far beyond him. There were a couple of them from earlier that I knew that somebody else had written right. tweets. It wasn't him. Yeah, uh, and
0: you know, my theory is that sometimes, you know, there are apparently there are advisors to him, and yeah. sometimes they get in his ear and they're like, Yeah, this is a good time to make a point about this. <laughs> right. And he's like, Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And you know he probably doesn't think there's anything wrong with the tweet even now. But he's like, oh, it was received really badly, mm-hmm. like really, really badly. Right? Mm-hmm. So let me try and figure out what to do about it. People who like me are mad about it. So that that you know, people who don't like me are mad. Right. That's exactly what I want. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what he had said was, and this is on Twitter. Uh, this is uh, there is no reason for these massive, deadly, and costly fire forest fires in California except that forest management is so poor. Uh, billions of dollars are given each year with so many lives lost, all because of gross mismanagement of the forest. Remedy now are no more federal payments. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, it seems like uh, it was caused by the, I believe, the power companies, both of the fires. The the one closer to here and then the one in uh, Paradise, California. Mm-hmm. The understanding is it was possibly, at least, mm-hmm. sparks from power lines, which had been identified as a problem earlier. right? Uh, so... Uh, but as you said, his subsequent tweet was: "The California firefighters, FEMA, and first responders, are amazing and very brave. Thank you, and God bless you mm-hmm. all." So uh, yeah, so it's a little bit of a different tone there. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, also, I mean, you know, you're in France, you right. know, you're supposed to be, uh, you know, doing important business. Hm, you yeah, know, just send that second one. That second one right. is fine. That that should go out you yeah. know that that should be the only thing exactly say about it. it's like you know if you want to put in a, you know we're ready to help yeah. great yeah but if you're not ready to help then you know just be like oh someone will help you you know well jerry brown should help you you right. say that if you yeah do exactly
1: that. exactly like where's jerry brown or, or something but we knew it was yeah. it was political but the thing that was also frustrating about it is even if you know california will never politically be on the same side as trump when it comes to most things he, he's also forgetting that there are a lot of of his supporters that are in a lot of these areas and if he is going to play the political game which he shouldn't be to do that is discounting them as well yeah. and 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 in a time of absolute crisis was was really unforgivable and he's done quite a few where you're just like i cannot believe you said that but this is one of the more crass ones that really was yeah. ill-timed and incredibly inappropriate that i think like you said he's had to backtrack so much now because of the of that Look, I don't know
0: if Kanye's house burned down, but I do know that some of his wife's family's houses did burn down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, right there, you know, the, these these are your people. Right. And these are people who are going to help you fundraise in
1: uh, yeah. two years. Yeah, uh, you're going to need it.
0: Some would say fundraising for a re-election campaign. Scott would mm-hmm. say fundraise for a uh, get out of get jail. Get out of jail. Yeah. But uh, either way. For your
1: lawyers. Yeah. You need a uh, lot of lawyers.
0: Well, personally, I don't yeah. think President Trump should have been so hard on the California fires because... He has a lot in common with the California wildfires. Uh, first and foremost, their only real natural enemy is rain. And uh, President true. Trump did indeed uh, cancel a uh, well, he didn't cancel it. He just didn't go mm-hmm. to a World War One uh, service at a cemetery where American soldiers were buried, commemorating 100 years since the end of mm-hmm. at that time what was called the Great War, mm-hmm. which was like you know Germany was like. Yeah, that's a popular thing from a meme. But Germany was like, "Okay, hold my beer." You think that was a great war? Watch this. But uh, so he didn't go uh, because of the weather. He's blaming the Secret Service now. Mm -hmm. So I think that they probably thought that uh, you know, well, you know, the rain is gonna gonna make it hard to protect you. So uh, and what I did enjoy were all the tweets (laughs) that went out of. First, it was just Obama talking in the rain. Mm-hmm. Then it was just other politicians. And then it was just, you know, people speaking in the rain. You know, rock bands yes. performing <laughs> in the rain, you know. I mean, uh, I I went, to, uh, I went to the Vans Warped Tour one year when I was much younger. Uh, I saw the band Fishbone. It was just pouring. It was a lot of fun. And they only did four songs. But they did four songs. Right. And, uh, you know, so I guess the band Fishbone is tougher than uh, President Trump. Uh, again, uh, do you think that Secret Service was really worried about the rain. Look, if it's like a hurricane, I get it. Sure. But then the event wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everybody spoke except him. Right. Right. Uh, so uh, do you do you think it's fake news
1: that uh, the Secret Service told him not of to course, go? Of course, a thousand percent. I mean, yeah. we know that and he can never take responsibility for anything that he has done to say, hey, look, you know what? I I, I thought it was going to be really bad. I thought maybe he could have even said I didn't think other people were going to go. Uh, because of the weather, so we made the decision to stay back. Uh, whatever you know, you could have come up with a better line than than, of course, like he normally does, pushing the blame on someone else. Um, you Melania know, they, uh, <laughs> didn't want me bringing a flu into
0: the house. <laughs> exactly. You know, there's a lot of excuses. You, yeah. You know, when all else fails, blame your wife. That's probably what he could have done. He could
1: uh, have now he
0: did appear at other events where I guess they were either indoors, yes, or yes, the they were was covered, better. or they were yeah. covered. <laughs> uh, and uh, at uh, one of them. Uh, both Macron, yeah. which is definitely fun to say, it uh, is. and Merkel, uh, both took shots at him. Yeah, uh, which uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, for people who don't like Trump, it's well, and there's a lot of them. Right, uh, that was uh, probably fun. Uh, did you Did you see any of their comments? What they had to say?
1: I, I saw uh, Macron's and <laughs> see and it, is fun. it is. It is. Everybody saw- in the audience, try it now. <laughs> Macron say it and, three times you know, fast. In,
0: in France, they sell craft Macron yeah. and she. Oh no and. Macron Macroni. and fromage. Yeah, and yeah fromage, thank you. Yeah. I'm very proud of that. Yes. I'm glad Tamara's not fromage. here. Or Tamar fromage. Tamara shook
1: her head at that one.
0: Macron and fromage. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Uh, sorry. sorry. You well, no,
1: say, well, the other great one, too, is they had this great meme going back to the rain thing. And they had you know, the queen, 92-year-old, and her yeah, amazing ones... outfit, too. I was like, look at her, Rock. Putting a whole new spin on the uh yes Queen because she was just rocking it that night. So even the ninety year old ninety two year old queen could Look, go out. If there's anybody couldn't. who needs to not go
0: out in the ring, ninety two year
1: old queen, yeah. you know. Just she was out there. Who,
0: I, I think at this point, Queen Elizabeth is trying to outlive Prince Charles. I think she is, too. So yeah. that he never gets to be <laughs> exactly. king. She just wants it to go right to William. Yes. You know? Yeah, because I mean,
1: I think he turned 70 today or around this yeah. week. He's turning 70 I, so, or 71. So I you I think about that. just imagine
0: like how long he's been thinking like, this has to happen, yeah. right? <laughs> at some point, I'm going to be the king. Yeah, uh, both
1: the parents are still around too cuz Prince Philip is like 97 or yeah, something. Yeah, no, I know exactly. But I, I did see some of that and then of course I saw uh, Trump's tweets this morning going back and then and, and and basically trying to make fun of uh, Macron too which was ridiculous. Um it's just ridiculous to have these back and forth arguments with our best allies and it just shows how far that we have sort of fallen now under this this presidency. So
0: yeah, no. I mean, uh, we don't have a lot of friends anymore, Mm-mm. you know. And uh, I think that uh, we should do what we can to try and keep them. But I, I don't know. I, I think uh, France and Germany were never going to be friends of uh, President Trump anyway. No, that that, that is true. <laughs> um. So let's see. So there was a uh, there was one other thing that I that I did want to uh, focus on before uh, we get to some more uh, domestic matters. Uh, well, you know, let's, let's, let's shift over to that right now. Actually is, uh, Scott, you are, uh, a native son of the state of Florida. Yes. And, um, (laughs) I, I have to have, I have to ask (laughs) what the hell is going on there that it's like, it seems worse than 2000s recount. You know, I mean, you had really bad optics where people were like holding up ballots to the light in 2000 Yeah. and you know, you had the butterfly ballot, which do they still use the butterfly ballot? Do not use the butterfly ballot anymore. So, uh, well, at least there's that. But I don't know. This recount seems worse run than the one 18 years ago.
1: Yeah. Well, the the ironic thing is uh, Brenda Snipes, who everyone keeps talking about, was actually appointed by Governor Jeb Bush, a Republican, back after 2000 and like 2002. Um, but the difference between this time and last time is it's taking Broward County and Palm Beach County out of the equation is that this is the first time ever that they've had simultaneous recounts in both the governor's race and the Senate race. And they're doing Agriculture Commissioner, too, which is the third right. race because so, the, the, like, the, the, the each one was so close, so razor-thin close. They've now had to do recount statewide, so it's not even just including Broward and Palm Beach. It's the entire state.
0: So when you recount the ballot, you recount everything on that ballot, right? Or do you only look at the races that – No,
1: only the races that were below the, the threshold, okay. which in this case was, was below uh, a half now, percent. Now, this
0: might sound like a dumb question, but because it's Florida, I need to know. Mm-hmm. In the course of a recount, are you recounting – the uh, Florida's, Florida, the, sorry, the governor's race and the Senate race at the same time? Or do you do all the governor and then you're going to go back and do all the other one?
1: Uh, they're doing – yeah, they're doing it basically one at a time because they have to go through and get it- – because both of them are def- different amounts too. No, no. Sure, I sure So I love they that. have to go through and count. like it. if
0: somebody has got a ballot in their yeah. hand, you, you, you know, yeah, you check, check mark both. here, check mark there. Well, because they have there. to do
1: the agricultural commissioner as well because that one like, was also close the, for the Who state. really cares about the agricultural yeah. commissioner? Yeah. No, but I'm just saying. I mean, yeah. No, you're right. It, Absolutely. It's showing how close that the, the, the election was. I mean when you think out of 8 million votes cast and especially the Senate race, we're only talking about 12 15,000 votes yeah. separating the two from 8 million is pretty crazy and same thing um i mean really if you look across the board nationwide it is was kind of crazy just how split it really was um i'm just disappointed with florida because i thought they would have uh moved a little more blue this race but you know now that they've allowed felons and other people to gain their rights to vote back and now you're going to a presidential year in 2020 i think it'll be a lot closer but it's like rick scott and, and the thing is they're playing the trump playbook now in florida too they're they're calling it fraudulent um, there has been no shown Cases right now that there is fraud going on in Palm Beach Brow County. The only reason why they don't like it is because they're heavily democratic counties. If it was the other way around and they were, right. doing, you know, that that's the thing that drives me nuts—the mm. hypocrisy. But the other way around, and they were below, they'd won every single vote count, and they would go back through. And, and Rick Scott
0: essentially oversees this yes whole process like right?
1: Georgia. It's sort of unfair to know that you have someone who's actively involved with running for their race that's technically overseeing it as the chief executive of the state. So you have a conflict of interest right there, and the same thing with Georgia with Secretary of State Brian Kemp running for the governor's race, and you have that same same issue going on. So it is it is a little crazy to see that. Um, you know, Florida's being Florida, though. I mean, you know, and, and part of the reason why is because we have the rules on the books with recounts, which California does not have this that on the law. It's it's state by state, so not every state has this recount law. It just happens to be in Florida, and then we've seen it because of 2000, just how evenly split the electorate is Um Every year – I mean when you look at all the past previous races since 2000, each candidate for statewide office has pretty much for presidential level and everything has won the races by about 1 percent. That's how close it is in Florida. And that right. goes back and to Rick Scott's both elections as governor. goes back to Obama's wins. It goes back to George W. Bush's win in 2004. Uh, and obviously in 2000 it was sure. 500 votes difference. So you see that the, the electorate's pretty split.
0: Yeah, and I would say that uh, in some way – Florida would be kind of a microcosm of the country as a right. whole. It's just that close, right. and it's really stayed that close. And, which, and
1: people come from all over yeah. too. So you know, you go down yeah, to South I Florida, mean. you get people from all over the world, but you get people from the Northeast, and then you know, yeah. uh, Central Florida comes from the Midwest, and then you have Northern Florida, which is more like the Deep South of the of the country too, where you have more of the conservative base. So you have, a, like you said, a, quite a microcosm of the entire country in one one state. And that's yeah. Why it's no. Look, close.
0: my my mom has five sisters, and I think the total of Three or four of them all live in Florida now. So yeah, they're all they're every so they everybody's start going, going from south. To, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, look, there's. I get the idea of moving south, but it's just like you know, would you want to live somewhere like Orlando where it rains every afternoon? I mean, that's like, where I'm
1: from. I mean, every yeah.
0: afternoon though, it's it's fun. Yeah. Tropical. I don't know. I, personally, I would I would take Arizona where it get you know like okay, I can deal with the the two months where it's 117 degrees every, every couple of days. Uh, that's just me personally, but hey, speaking of Arizona, yeah, I there mean, is a recount there that uh, seems to uh, have, or did they? Did no, they, they did not they didn't do, actually recount. do a recount. And they just had more votes to count.
1: They had more votes to count, and um, the difference between Florida and Arizona was that the way that Martha McSally had done her concession speech, I thought was great. Um, it was the Martha McSally we had seen before. She decided to latch on to that. Trumpian style,
0: right? Sure. because
1: I think if she had managed not to cozy up to that side, which she more or less had no choice during the primaries because she had to tack right to get the primary voters to support her over Joe Peo and some of the other crazies that were running. So she was a very moderate Republican and she was very anti-Trump. And I think that would have played a lot better to Arizonans than her hooking far right and embracing Trump, because I think that at the end of the day is what made her lose. Um, and that should be a warning sign, too, for the Republican Party heading into 2020 when you look at the Southwest and you see how Nevada has basically essentially turned blue with Jackie Rosen and the entire state government and everything being blue. Colorado is entirely blue. New Mexico is entirely blue. And now you see one of the Senate seats that was up in 2018 that was held by a Republican has now gone to a Democrat. And the seat that uh, Martha McSally previously held went to a Democrat and the seat that Kirsten Cinema uh, left also went to a Democrat. So you start to see that and you think maybe Arizona's closer in play than we might have thought at the presidential level in 2020. I mean Doug Ducey, the Republican governor coasted to re-election but you see the Secretary of State uh, candidate is also now which they had called for the Republican ended up going towards the Democrat now. Um, in these last couple of, uh, yeah, I think days. a lot of times
0: too those, those local, you know, including governor, that's like, oh yeah, that's our guy. Mm-hmm. And you don't, and a lot of people don't think about Republican Democrat Well, I and mean, I've
1: said that before too. Yeah. Like when you, when it comes to governors, you, you uh, statewide mm-hmm. tend to have a, a lot more variables and people aren't voting straight hardcore ticket for that. You know, and case in point is Massachusetts with Charlie Baker, who was a Republican and ran and won by 30 something points last week in Massachusetts. And a lot of New England governors are Republican, um, so yeah, a lot of times you don't end up voting party; you vote for the candidate more at governor level. But still, the fact that you had a, a Republican candidate win by over a half a, a quarter million votes for governor, but then you saw that Kirsten Sinema ended up winning the Senate. Uh, and Secretary of State going to Democrats, you see that there is a little bit of a split there too.
0: Right. And this was a, a, an, a just sort of a matter of counting all the votes as they came in, I guess, uh, yeah.
1: absentee and right. provisional and, Mar- and all that. And Maricopa County, which yeah. – and, and Cocosino County, which is where uh, part of Sedona is, which is more of a Democratic bastion, Not a huge population, but – has a lot of democratic votes there was a little bit slow coming in, but Maricopa is where Phoenix is, and that's where the treasure trove of votes are coming in and yeah. that's what eventually yeah, puts I wonder what over the, the
0: percentage of total votes cast in the state of Arizona or in Phoenix because I've been to Phoenix and- yeah. Uh, you know, and it's just this huge metropolitan area, and then the rest of it. I feel like uh, if you know, if you know Snoopy's brother Spike just yeah. hanging out on the cactus. It's yeah. just that's the rest of Arizona yeah. to me. If you're in Arizona, tell me if I'm wrong because maybe <laughs> I am. Uh, and you know, uh, uh, Kristen, it, it's Kristen Cinema.
1: Uh, Kirsten, 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 yeah, yeah,
0: uh, but uh, obviously that's significant. Uh, I, you know, because I get a lot of my news from the Howard Stern show. I did not realize, but she's openly bisexual. Yeah, and that was not something that I was aware of. And I, I feel like a lot of times that sort of thing is made an issue of positively by the mm-hmm. pe- you know, mm-hmm. people in favor of a candidate, but definitely negatively by people who are trying to run. And I don't know. I just – I didn't – look, I didn't follow that race that closely. Mm-hmm. But I didn't – I just wasn't aware of that. And But that's ex- that's significant because right. she's the first openly bisexual uh, – what is she? Senator. Uh, Senator, yeah. Sorry.
1: Senator-elect, yeah. And, and well, it's the same thing with Kate Brown who, who won re-election in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And then you look at uh, Jared Polis who won governor in Colorado – Who's openly gay? Uh, so it was great. Again, when you go back and look at LGBT candidates, people of color, women, just had a absolutely fantastic night across the board. And we've seen the, the elections has continued to tilt more and more towards the Democrats as the week has gone on, and more votes have come in. And that's here as well in California with the House races. And you know, even even with the, the how close it was in Texas and Florida and Georgia, even if all those go to Republicans, you can see that that progressive. Candidacies worked in the Deep South with Stacey Abrams and Andrew Gillum, thinking they went full on progressive, and basically lost by a sliver. So it's yeah. it's very impressive and, and and good to see when you're thinking about presidential candidates and Senate candidates and everything in 2020 on what Democrats should be looking for after the after seeing how well progressives did in 2018. Right, and, it, and it's
0: just very progressive lower P just of the voters mm-hmm. that you know, that for a major national office, yeah. they voted for uh, right. someone who's openly bisexual. And it was not a big deal. I, yeah. It wasn't it, it, really, it,
1: like you said, you didn't even know about, like yeah. it wasn't brought up as a, I I don't, as a, as I don't a live in that state, obviously, from.
0: because I think it all looks like cactuses and tumbleweed. <laughs> so clearly I don't live there. But, uh, you know, I, I felt like I would have heard of that because of the fact that, you know, and maybe I'm wrong, but I would feel like... You know, not not opponents, but you know the packs that mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote, unofficially support mm-hmm. an opponent. You know, because I heard like terrible uh, calls being made throughout the you know just recordings of those robocalls, right? Just with uh, you know like Amos and Andy accents, Right, for Andrew Gillum, like, and yeah, like all the CC- stuff that you're yeah. just like, yeah, like not only like wait somebody actually set up with that robocall Mm -hmm. but you're like someone recorded that i know you know and i I don't know yeah so uh you know so i don't know it's it's it it sort of becomes a more significant story for that reason um but uh i guess that the just to touch back on florida for a quick second uh, i do like the uh point that president trump keeps making is like What is with all these ballots that just keep showing up (laughs) out of nowhere? And it's like, well, they're called absentee ballots and it's the mail and they come in. Now, I do understand that there have been races and I don't mean necessarily in Florida. Like I always found it very suspicious that um, Al Franken won after, you know, a box of ballots turned up in the trunk of somebody's car, you know, and I was just like, uh, okay, I I mean, I guess Um, now I had you might not have the answer, but I had it asked to me uh, by well, by my boss, uh, comedian Dennis Miller, mm-hmm. he doesn't know of you know these kinds of long protracted recounts. Apart, obviously, from uh, 2000 presidential election, right. uh, that you know that all these extra votes that get found and brought in late, benefiting Republicans. But it, it's I'm certain sure, certain that it's happened. I just uh, I just couldn't think of any because the only other example I could think of was the aforementioned Al Franken one.
1: Yeah, but again, the thing that that happens that's a little bit different and it's just voting patterns and, and it has nothing to do with finding ballots and just marking them for Democrats and they're cheating or whatever. What happens is Republicans tend to vote early um, right. and then they're there on election day, whereas Democrats tend to show up on election day and then vote either absentee or, or mail-in ballot. And a lot of those come in later. And then when you think of, uh, you know, the troops based overseas, a lot of the military tends to vote Republican too, so it was kind of ironic when Trump's like saying, "Oh, let's not count any more votes that are, you know, anything mail-in ballots. It's too late yeah. now after Election Day." Well, I was thinking a lot of those people end up tending to be more Republican voters in the military, just generally speaking. Yeah. And so it was, it, it was, it was foolish of him again to get involved. And then you have both Marco Rubio and Rick Scott getting involved. And on the on the other hand, you see how well it went for Arizona, where you know they were. Republicans were trying to tell Martha McSally, don't concede, you know, fight this like they're doing in Florida. And she went the other tack and, and gave a great concession speech. Uh, the governor gave a great message on Twitter. Jeff Flake gave a great message as the outgoing um, Republican senator. And that's the way it should be done. That's the way it always happened in the past, it, the peaceful kind of transfer of power and the fact that, OK, the election is over – but instead, you know, Republicans in Florida are trying to go after this. There's fraud. There's fraud. There's fraud. And they're saying that – and they are correct. Bill Nelson could go and say, you know, for the best of the state, I'm, I'm not going to require the recount. However, he also has every right to do the recount under law. That's That would happen. He could stop it, yes, but under law, they do have a right to do that. So if I was him or any candidate that were the, – the numbers are that close, I would think that you would want – to make sure that those numbers are accurate and you're getting every vote counted before you say, OK, I'm done, especially when it's allowed under the law. Why would you not want to do that? And I, and I know that if the tables were turned and it was Rick Scott down by uh, 12 or 15,000, he would want that as well and he would be doing that. So it's 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 a little bit hypocritical that Republicans are not wanting to do that and saying he could stop it, which, yes, he could. But he should, under law, be able to make sure everything's counted for. And And as we've seen, Rick Scott has tried to do multiple frivolous lawsuits the past few days and the judges have – shot it down each time by saying there hasn't been any known, um, you know, fraud going on. And yes, I think Brenda Snipes probably should step down after this because there's been a lot of controversy around her. But again, it's ironic considering that Rick Scott had the opportunity to get rid of her as governor and never did. And it was appointed by a Republican governor in 2002 by Jeb Bush. And nobody has gotten rid of her in 16 years. So again, you can't now cry foul when you're feeling like things aren't happening when you've had the opportunities throughout the years to make changes and and, and you never did so.
0: Right, it's like uh, Mueller being a appointed by a uh, Republican. Exactly. Yeah, Across so.
1: the board, all Republicans, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it's it's a little bit hypocritical to then come back later and act like there was nothing you could do about it when you've had the governorship for the past 20-something years and you could have changed things. And she's been there for 16 years. So uh,
0: Talking about, you know, sort of uh, more progressive thinking, uh, let's talk about the opposite of that, which is uh, in the uh, Mississippi runoff. Mm-hmm. That'll be happening uh, at, in November 27th. So uh, I suppose... Uh, well, let's see. So Mississippi Senator... Her name is Cindy Hyde-Smith, Smith. Mm-hmm. and she is running against a black Democrat, mm-hmm. a Mike Espy. And yep. uh, he, so she's on film uh, saying – not talking about Espy, obviously, but saying, yeah. if he invited me to a public hanging, I'd be on the front row. Uh, do you think in a state like Mississippi this will have an impact? Because uh, for for me, it's like people will be upset – And, you know, you might get some more votes towards SB, but I I just feel like to me, Mississippi is always going to vote for Republicans.
1: Yeah, I I think it's challenging. I mean, on one hand, you saw where people were not voting in Alabama, you know, last year uh, for Roy Moore. And Doug Jones was able to squeak out a win by something like 20,000 votes. Um, You know, the thing with Mississippi, though, is the population isn't huge, sort of like Alabama. so. You know, if you do have people that aren't feeling motivated to vote because they feel like, okay, we've already got the Senate in Republican hands, and you know, it's an off, it's a Tuesday after Thanksgiving, and maybe you're not going to get the turnout. And the African American community, and especially Black women, are incredibly mobilized to vote. You know, you could see a surprise there because their runoff, their runoff one was was very close. It was only you know several thousand votes yeah. apart. So you could see <clears throat> a surprise like that. But yes, if I was just to bet and and say this is the standard weighted way that Mississippi goes, I think, yes, her comments were definitely inappropriate and stupid, but I think, you know, the way it is, even Georgia, I thought there was going to be a much better chance that Stacey Abrams is going to be able to overtake Brian Kemp. Uh, It doesn't look like it now. Maybe when the last absentee ballots come in everything they'll get them just below 50 percent and they'll go to a runoff
0: they'd, <clears throat> they'd go to an actual runoff if it's yeah. but uh but, they're they're too close for uh, for her to look like she'd outright win it at this no point, she right?
1: wouldn't outright win it yeah. but what she's trying to do is get it down to 49.9 just get it right yeah. under the wire so they have to go to a runoff on december 4th but the point is i still think that the the numbers still would favor Hyde-Smith over S.B. But again, there could be a surprise there, depending on the motivation of of Republicans knowing like, OK, well, we we have the Senate in the back and we're disappointed with her. And maybe some of those uh, people in Jackson and some of the bigger cities uh, would feel less inclined to get out and vote. And then you get a large African-American turnout. We could see a twist. We could see a surprise. So really, when you look at the Senate map, considering this was the best map for Republicans or really any major party over the past half century, and you see really overall was kind of mixed for them. They yeah. picked up very red seats, which wasn't a surprise. You go back to North Dakota, you see Kramer was statewide recognition as being the only congressman from the state, so everybody knew him, and you knew that you know when when uh, Heidi had voted no on Kavanaugh that that was going to be a thing. But it, you know, so that wasn't a surprise. Missouri's inc- incredibly red, and again, you had a statewide candidate with Hawley that everybody knew as Attorney General, and then same thing with Indiana, very red state, no surprises. Florida a little more surprise because it's so fifty fifty, and I, I'm you know, re- but neither candidate was really that great i think a lot of people were probably done with bill nelson being there for 18 years and you know they knew rick scott and he has a ton of money and he spent a lot of money on this race but you see the other two states again like we were talking about earlier you see nevada and you see arizona flip two republican seats you really only end up with plus one if you get rick scott and you keep it all the you know same if you get mississippi so you're really not looking at a big increase in the map for the senate when they had such great odds for Republicans. So, you know, a lot of uh conservatives were saying this was such a great night because they kept the Senate. and Yeah, it would have been but the, the the percentage of of Democrats getting the Senate back was basically crazier odds than Donald Trump running winning the presidency. It was down to like 10 10% and right. I think Donald Trump was like 16% or whatever. So, the odds were even m- more difficult for for Democrats to pick up the Senate. So, it's not a surprise in any shape or form just kind of a bummer that they picked up an extra two seats for Democrats because now that, make, that gives a little more padding and also makes it more challenging in 2020 when they have to go back and now try to pick up – pick off four seats.
0: Uh, yeah, so these are uh, all things that we'll uh, keep a close eye on in the weeks ahead. Uh, yeah. I wanted to move it over to CNN who uh, earlier today uh, sued the uh, – I guess they sued the White House in general or they mm-hmm. sued President Trump to get uh, Jim Acosta's uh, press pass returned. Uh, because it was revoked after the uh, widely reported incident uh, last week, where uh, you know he was his questioning uh, was something that the president wasn't happy with, and there are videos that uh, <laughs> that that show you know well either any video you see that you see like a basically an intern trying to take the microphone microphone away from uh, him and he doesn't want it now you know how forceful he was about that 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 depends on. What you want to see. Um, my thought on this is that uh, regardless of how crude and inappropriate a president can be at sometimes, uh, I feel like that position, being in that room, you're still essentially a guest. And if you're rude to a president, let's say it's not this president, you could be uh, kicked out of the room just for that. You know, uh, I so I before it even escalated to that point, you know, look, I'm surprised that uh, Trump had kept Jim Acosta around as long as he had. This was probably an excuse that he was looking for. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's certainly he's certainly not being respectful of the office of the president. I I, I know that you have to make that distinction because of the person who's in that office. Uh, So I think they're within their rights to take it away. Uh, What are your thoughts on the whole thing, though, Scott, about uh, the the back and forth, the questions and, uh, you know, the the interaction with the young lady who tried to take the microphone, all of that.
1: I mean I thought that – I thought the whole thing was was kind of a zoo to begin with. I mean he he, he was all over the place in, in the press conference. I watched pretty much all of it and yeah. um, <clears throat> gr- granted we've seen his behavior shift over the past week because regardless of what he says or not, he – And those of you watching yes, on YouTube you are seeing see, it right now. And this is yeah. not
0: the zoomed in with the, the red filter, which yeah. I saw. Uh, yeah. Because I think Sarah Sanders uh, sent out yeah. the, the version that they used on InfoWars.
1: Oh, my God. I know yeah, the whole so. thing.
0: But uh, this, is, this is essentially just a, just a, a replay of, uh, well, of what it was. Yeah. Anyway, sorry.
1: Go ahead. Uh, I mean I think even if you were to say like her movement was a little bit aggressive too and didn't necessarily need to go and try to grab the microphone too. I I'm, thought, sh-
0: I'm sure whoever is her boss said go get right. that. Right. You
1: know? But I think that was also aggressive move that put him in a place where – regardless of whatever doctored video you're looking at or whatnot, I don't think it was right of them to try to grab that out. I don't think that, uh, you know, again, he was looking for the excuse because he didn't like Jim Acosta that this was what he needed. And I think that it does still set a dangerous precedent because it should be open to... All reporters and you know his his rudeness to reporters is just ridiculous. I mean, when someone was asking him on the outside uh, before he flew off um, to go to France and ask him about the Mueller investigation, and he's basically that's a stupid question. I, and
0: he said, "I watch yeah. you a lot. Yeah, you ask you a ask lot of stupid, stupid questions." questions. And I mean, by the way, he probably doesn't watch her a lot. No, I, I uh, don't even know what outlet she was in with. That's but the, not to belittle who she is. It wasn't like you know like. It, <laughs> I'm trying to think of uh, it. You know, it wasn't like Jake Tapper. You know, know, it
1: wasn't somebody that you see a lot. You know, I mean, my whole point, my whole thing is, they don't really give great uh, press conferences, anyways, with Sarah Huckabee Sanders. So I'm like, why does the the whole media, except maybe this, should not even show up at all? Because it it it, it's getting to the point where it's it's kind of a circus, regardless. And uh, and I get it. He's very hostile towards the media, which makes them hostile towards him so i think i think the whole thing got out of hand um uh you know i i I think they probably should file the lawsuit because it 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 sets a bad precedence for the freedom of the press it's just a slippery slope because when you start going there and then you you start talking about who else you don't like that might say something or ask a question or you feel like the questions are stupid and you're going to rescind it uh it, it starts to be a slippery slope on now only having friendly Reporters there, so that would be my only concern. Is that that it's it's a rather dangerous thing to do, um, and we'll see what happens with the lawsuit and and you know how that ends up going. But I don't agree with them rescinding it to him. They could have said you're banned or you're suspended for thirty days or whatever it is to just say you know we're putting our point out there but to to basically say you're outright banned yeah i mean you could have you part. could have also
0: I, and i know that uh, just from talking to people who have worked in that room uh, at one point that's actually what jake tapper did during the obama administration and uh, he used to be a guest on the mm-hmm. radio show I, I, but it's that seating is so like locked in for like you know decades you oh know, yeah like, who gets which seat oh and, yeah you know, uh, I know yeah. I know a woman who's a reporter for the Las Vegas uh, Review Journal and her seat is really far back. And I think I talked to her after she'd been there for a year and she's like, oh, yeah, I got to ask one question. Mm-hmm. You know, So it, it's so my point on that being like it could have been like, OK, so Acosta's seat actually doesn't get to be that close anymore. Right. You know, something like that. Like so, because Helen Thomas, so, I
1: remember reading her book oh and about God. how she had to you know move her way up and you know it became a fixture there but it was the same thing and it's just kind of fascinating when you see where everyone's at and, and she and, was always in the front yeah
0: in in, in, w- in me being aware of that room yeah. she
1: was always in the front Well no she was but it took <clears throat> a while for yeah. her to get up there and then she was just a fixture that everybody no matter what knew and you're right you, you the seats are very specific and it's very hard and you have a very certain limited amount of time to ask your questions. And then they move on to the next one, and, and and that's your one chance to get what you want out, and so it can be frustrating for any anybody in the it's, media. It's kind of like
0: trying to make a point on the Trump report. Yeah. It's very hard. <laughs> uh, I do. Uh, before we run out of time, I do want to talk about uh, something that happened after last week's oh, show. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> which, yeah, which is uh, Jeff Sessions. For those that are watching, I'm using air quotes. Yeah. His resignation, mm. and like I've never been particularly fond of Jeff Sessions. No. You know, anything that I've seen from him in public. I'd say I really like the way he started his letter. His resignation (laughs) letter that starts, at your request, I am submitting my resignation. So basically, he's saying, I'm not resigning. Mm -hmm. You fired me. Mm -hmm. But anyway, here's the letter Mm -hmm. that you told me to write. Mm -hmm. Um, This uh, isn't really a surprise, uh, but, uh, and the timing made sense. You know, just don't do it before the election, basically. Right. Right. Uh, Give us your thoughts on the, well, the firing of Jeff Sessions. And what you think that means going forward, especially as it pertains to the the Mueller investigation.
1: Well, look, uh, like you said, we all knew it was coming. It was not a surprise. Um, we knew they were going to wait till after the election. Uh, it was quite uh, comical almost that it was immediately after the, the press conference. The
0: morning conference. after, it was like the <laughs> like, alarm
1: was set. Yeah, right? after the press conference, too, it was like, OK, have your letter turned mm-hmm. in so he can do this rambling, crazy press conference. And then the letter can go out. Um, look, we knew it. I, I, I was not a fan of Jeff Sessions either. I thought he was a throwback to an earlier era. I thought that uh, you know everything he did was was opposite of what I'd want an attorney general to do. That being said, surprisingly, and that's what it gets. You get the weird uh, kind of bedfellows there when you think about the never Trumper Republicans that I'm friends with and we have a lot in common. It's the same thing. Like I, I thought that he at least handled the Russian investigation in a very appropriate way and you know, had said at one point, I'm not letting politics get involved. And again, as much as I couldn't stand him, I thought he's still having that throwback to the fifties, he still had that old school kind of mentality of like how things should be run and, and proper and knowing that um he's not like working for a dictator. Um but this is a very big issue because we know that and instead of what normally happens is the deputy attorney general, Rod Rosenstein would have normally Then been acting AG until someone could be appointed. Uh, He throws in Matthew Whitaker. (laughs) Uh, He just throws in somebody else in there Mm. as acting AG, which, again, we're going to find out if that's even going to be legal. That's a whole other story. So that's going to even be a legal appointment.
0: Him being even acting attorney general might not be
1: legal. Correct, because of the whole b- having to be approved by the Senate you know, within a certain number of years because he was originally uh, a U.S. attorney in Iowa back during the Bush administration, but that was over a decade ago. So some of the, the rules and laws that are in place, so that way, again, presidents don't have too much power of just being able to put anyone in place there means that there's a good chance that that appointment is not actually a legal appointment. And you saw even Kellyanne Conway's husband – <laughs> had teamed up and said this is illegal. Uh, when you have, you know, so th- there, there are definitely a lot of uh, questions with that. And we, and again, we know, and people could say it's a witch hunt and everything else, but you know that exactly the whole reason why uh, Jeff Sessions left was because he recused himself in the Russian investigation and. Even if Trump thinks he's innocent, he doesn't like anyone going into his business and knowing about his financials and other things that are going on because we know he's not 100 percent clean regardless of if it's Russia or not with those financial deals. There and, and he does not like having the power taken away from him and having people know his business. So regardless, he did not like that. He's putting in someone else who seems to be anti-Molar investigation, which is the whole reason why he's there and for anyone to think otherwise is, is really drinking some – great Kool-Aid. I want to know what they're having and what's been slipped into it. Because uh, they're in fantasy land. I want to make sure we talk about one more thing. So just your gut reaction.
0: Do you think that uh, Whitaker uh, puts an end to the Mueller investigation? And if so, will that hold any kind of legal challenge?
1: I don't think he's going to uh, because I think that would again add too many people, even Republicans, a little uneasy if he was to outright end it. He could try to do a lot of other things like, you know, cut off the money, uh, keep the report private. But the, the issue is now, which again, is going to affect Trump is the fact that the Democrats have the House, which means they have subpoena power. Yeah. But you go back and you watch like Watergate. I was watching Watergate on History Channel, and it was this amazing six-part documentary. It was hours and hours. But it was fascinating to see how similar it is to today with you know Congress giving a subpoena and Nixon ignoring the subpoena and the Supreme Court saying, well, we really can't force him to go to the, do the subpoena and all the things that they were trying to go around and firing the attorney generals. I'm like, my God, we're basically seeing <laughs> – the same thing today uh, yeah. with a similar type of president who's paranoid and, and wants full power and everything else. So I don't think he'll t- completely – he'll just try to chip away at the uh, what the investigation is doing. Um, but I think now having Democrats in the House is going to be able to open up a lot of doors now that it's going to make it quite miserable for this administration for the next two years because now they can do investigations of their own. They can ask subpoena for the report when it's done. They can bring Mueller in under you know, testimony under uh, uh you know under oath so there's a lot of other things they can do now that and really at this point the investigation has been going on long enough that I think Mueller's already been prepared for that right. knowing what could happen and that he already has a big chunk of what he needs now to do what he needs to do, and
0: I think if they try to stop the funding on the Mueller investigation, that might be the uh, the biggest uh, Kickstarter in history to uh, help fund. Yeah, exactly. All right, <laughs> we yes. only have two minutes, but uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg apparently uh, working from home after her fall. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts when you saw the headline <laughs> that she found? Well.
1: The, the, the crazy part was, I'd actually talked to a coworker of mine the day before and said, We just need to bubble wrap her yeah. and take her everywhere, and someone needs to have security with her 24 7. And then she falls and breaks ribs in her own office. So I'm like, Yes, I'm still about bubble wrapping her and taking her around because all she needs is another two years and. Then we, I, I say the day after the election. Once we know who, who wins, you know, then she can, uh she can say she's resigning in January. Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, well, don't <laughs> no, no, resign. No, 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 in not in time. November, but after yeah. the election. Say, okay, now that I know who's there, I'm resigning on January twentieth. <laughs> I mean,
0: she clearly has, you know, staff and aides, and of things, course. So- how are you? How is it possible that she can even fall? I you know? know. So they maybe start carrying her around. <laughs> That's what I said you know? just have her carried like, around, bubble
1: wrap like the way her that they her. would
0: carry the Egyptian pharaohs, yes. you know, just like up and, you know, just <laughs> but march you know, in like that.
1: She's a cr- crazy night owl, probably works late. And a lot, she probably tells her staff, like, go home to your families and works late because she doesn't have a family to go back to and was probably in her office by herself and it was dark. And, you know, those things happen. So um am glad she's doing better. She's out of the hospital. It's good. So she's got to keep going for another two years.
0: All right. Well, again, we will uh, continue our uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg health watch. Yes. uh, 2018. Yeah. (laughs) And into 2019. Yeah. uh, Here on the Trump report. Anyway, uh, that's all the time we have. Thank you so much for everybody who joined us. There was a very lively chat going on. We uh, weren't able to get you in the conversation. My apologies for that. Uh, but, Scott, where do people find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter if I can get back on at some point at <laughs> S-Man 80.
0: <laughs> I think I do think you're shadow banned Probably. by Mitch McConnell. <laughs> uh, you can find me at ChristianDMZ uh, on Twitter and Instagram. And the Trump Report is at TrumpReportABTV. And one of the shows that I host, Marvel TV Weekly, Sunday at 10 Pacific, we'll be doing a special commemoration of the passing of the great Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. So please check that out. And we will see you all next week.